Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. I've got a disclaimer I want to issue before uh, before I get into the word together today if you've got your Bible with you I want to invite you to go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 3 and hold a spot there And I'd like to invite you to also slip a finger or a bookmark or something in there about James chapter 3 uh, We're going to jump around various places in the scripture, but those are going to be our main texts of focus today and as I'm as I'm Preparing to share this word with you today. I've come to a realization um, and that is that when when or I've been reminded that when we stop To look to God for his wisdom We've been we're, we're launched in a series now of walking in wisdom and when we began to, to just really focus on the wisdom of God as presented to us even in the word just just what we have in our hand outside of spiritual revelation just what we have right here in the context of this word, it is humbling. Because as we look into the wisdom of God, we realize how infinitely unwise we are. And in comparison to what God would show us. And I feel like this morning as I'm standing here, I want you to understand this, that I feel like I need to be seated with you today as much hearing this word as I need to be the messenger of this word because I, I realize that, that the, his ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts and as high as the heavens are above the earth so are the ways of God above ours and I just I realize in this moment that that I need this as much as anybody so I want you to soak in this word today and I want you to absorb what the Spirit of the Lord would say to us this morning because we, we started out on this message and the reason we're doing this here at the front of the year is because every year we, we just launch out with these grand aspirations that this year is going to be better than the last and every successive year we're looking for an improvement over the year before and uh, sadly sometimes we just abide in the frustration of never quite getting to where it is that we think we ought to be. But, you know, somebody wisely said that the definition of insanity is to continue to do the same things expecting a different result. And, and sadly, what we do year over year is we start off the year and we just, we just anticipate doing better. And how many of you know that it's not within our power, it's not a part of our prowess to be able to do better enough to correct the brokenness of our lives? We can't, we don't know how to effectively negotiate and navigate the pathways of life left to our own resources. We, we've got to have something greater than we are that is instructing us, that is informing us, that is driving our decisions, that is, that is directing our steps. And that thing is the wisdom of God. That thing is the wisdom of God. So we cannot do better operating in the same parameters as before. We're, we're speaking about wisdom because we were able to confess last week that many of our decisions and actions that lead us to hardship and strain are often rooted in the unwise ordering of our lives. Is that Were you with me last week? Because I can tell you in that regard, I can lift two hands way up high. Amen? 
that, that it, it, I am where I am, not because of some pitiful, poor situation. Oftentimes, I am where I am because Steve has a PhD in DUMB. Okay? Are you with me? And, and, and I am where I am oftentimes because I have firmly situated myself there. So we previously, a little bit last week, we got into a, a slight definition of what wisdom is, but I want to take a few minutes today to take a little deeper dive and add some clarity to that definition. We've got that definition on the screen here for you this morning, but wisdom is defined, a simple definition is the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and judgment. Good judgment. Good judgment. Now, you, you understand that this is a very crude and simple definition of the word wisdom in the context of us speaking about godly wisdom. Now, based on this simple definition, you would understand that wisdom could take many forms. And, and I know people in this life who are shrewd and they're savvy and they're, they're wise in some areas of life. They're, they're wise, however, according to the standards of the world. Maybe they picked up a few lessons from life's lesson of hard knocks and therefore they don't repeat some of those things. Maybe they've fallen in enough trenches along the way that they've learned how to step over, when to jump, when to bob, when to weave and they're not getting struck down by some of the same things over and over again. But that's not necessarily the kind of wisdom that we're talking about. You see, there, there, there may be people in this world who have a profound understanding of some things in particular. We all know people that they're, they're great at business. They're, they're a great manager of resources and leader of people, but they're terrible at life. Maybe, maybe they possess great financial savvy and disciplines. They're, they're wise investors. They have a keen sense of market trends, but they can't build a relationship to save their lives. Maybe they have a knack for resolving conflict. They, they possess an understanding of human nature and they can see things that are creating blockades and problems and they know how to get things resolved. You see, in some regards, these people have done well for themselves. And, and while that's a part of it, it may not be the totality of the kind of wisdom that God desires that you and I possess. And as it, here's where, as it relates to walking in wisdom, you and I need to be very, very discerning. Very discerning. We can have some semblance of wisdom, and this is why I want to sound this alarm today and I want to bring this warning, is because while we may have some semblance of wisdom operating in our lives, that doesn't necessarily mean that God is the source of it. How many of you know that being struck down enough times by life can give you some semblance of wisdom? I mean, you only need to touch an electric fence so many times before you're wise enough to understand that that's not what you ought to do, right? I mean, just, just, just you, we can amass some things walking through life, but it doesn't necessarily mean that God is the source of it. And we as human beings, and I, I don't want to split theological hairs this morning between body, soul, and spirit. Are we trichotomous? Are we dichotomous? Just very simply, we as human beings are very much dichotomous beings. We have a very natural part of us, and we have a very spiritual part of us. 
There's a, there's a natural element of our beings and there are, there's a spiritual element to our beings. And we, we understand that we are spiritual beings formed in the very likeness of God. But you and I have our being and we walk in this world in a place that is very much accommodating to and appealing to the very natural part of us. And in this environment in which you and I live that is controlled by the prince of the power of the air, you and I can often receive conflicting information as to what true wisdom is. And the truth of the matter is that there's a great hazard when we begin to walk in a wisdom that appears to be wise, but in fact, according to God's standards, it's not. I don't know if we have this verse or not, but Isaiah 51, if you're taking, uh, Isaiah chapter 5, verse 21, if you're taking notes. Isaiah the prophet says this, what sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves to be clever. What sorrow. Some translations say, woe unto them. Woe unto them who see themselves as wise in their own eyes and think themselves to be so clever proverbs chapter 3 solomon writing here and says says to us don't be impressed with your own wisdom instead fear the lord and turn away from evil now here's here's what i really want to drill down on this idea of defining is what is this wisdom after which you and i should seek We need to be discerning about the wisdom that we're following because in this life, you and I will get conflicting information as to what is and is not wise. There are some things that to you and I, they may not stand to reason, but they flow from the infinite wisdom of God. We may not understand how it's going to work out and how all the pieces are going to fit together and, and, and what the outcomes are going to be, but we know that it's what God said. We know that it's a wisdom that has come from the infinite heart and mind of God Almighty. And, and, and therefore, we can trust that. But in this, on the flip side of that coin, as we face situations in this life, we will, we will receive information that is appealing to the flesh, that appeals to the logic, that appeals to the intellect, wherein we count ourselves wise and we say, oh, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. That seems right. That seems to follow logic. That makes sense to me. So therefore, it must be good. And Isaiah said, listen, hey, there's a sorrow. Solomon said, hey, don't be impressed with your own wisdom. But we've got to be sure that the wisdom we're walking in is sound. And here's here's what I want to challenge you with today. And I believe the Lord gave me this perfect story to illustrate this point about the wisdom that's available in the world and the choice that is ours to choose what's best over what's most profitable or what seems most advantageous to us in the moment. And here we are, Genesis chapter 3. Genesis chapter 3, a very familiar story to all of us, or most of us in this room who've spent any time in church. Those of you that are watching online, if you've been to any Sunday school class ever, you know what Genesis chapter 3 is. Genesis chapter 3, of course, records the fall of mankind, the the original sin, that that first place, Adam and Eve in the garden, the serpent, the apple, all of that. Listen Listen to this narrative as it unfolds here. 
Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Can I be honest with you here, church? Can I be real, real frank with you here in this moment? Genesis 3, 3, according to my logic, according to my wisdom, makes no sense. Now, we just we hear things and we receive things because we count the source as credible. But if you ever just stop and think about it, why in the world would God say you can eat of the tree of any, you can eat of the fruit of any tree in this garden except for this one special tree over here? Don't say, what's up with that? Why? Is that necessary? I don't know. But God said, in his infinite foreknowledge and wisdom, God said, you shall not eat it nor touch it lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, that doesn't make any sense. And she's like, I didn't think so either. You will not surely die. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw the tree, that it was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eye. And the tree was desirable to make one wise. She took of its fruit and she ate. And she also gave to her husband with her and he ate. And the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and they made themselves a cup. Now, in this scenario, there are two paths of applied behavior represented. Each of them has their own logic that undergirds them. And the distinction between the two is that one is the wisdom that is supplied by God Almighty and the other is the wisdom that is supplied by the influences of the world. And you and I on a daily basis are going to face the proverbial forbidden fruits of life. And you're going to be presented with two courses of wisdom. One that is supplied by the infinite wisdom of the Almighty and one that is supplied according to the wisdom of this world that appeals to our intellect and appeals to our flesh and appeals to our desires and appeals to our ego. And we're going to have to choose. We're going to have to choose. Now here's Steve's personal thoughts about Genesis chapter 3. So if you're taking notes, you might want to cease now because this is nothing factual. It's just something that I feel like as I'm reading through this text, okay? Take it for what it's worth. But as I'm reading through this text and I'm reading Genesis chapter 3, I, I, I do not believe that on the day that Adam and Eve fell into temptation in the garden that it was their express aim to disobey God. I, I don't believe they woke up one morning and said, you know what, forget what God said. I, I'm just going to do it my way. I mean, this is, I, this is ridiculous. I'm not doing this anymore. I don't, I don't care. I'm just going to go out here and throw caution to the wind and I'm going to disobey God. I don't, I don't believe that. I don't think they got up in the morning and said, hmm, you know what, I just... I feel like failing miserably today. 
have you ever gotten up in the morning let me let me ask you this have you ever failed miserably okay did you ever get up first thing in the morning and say hmm, i think my life goal today is going to be to go out and fail miserably no what happened was you were presented with two courses of wisdom one informed by the spirit of the world and one informed by the spirit of god and you chose poorly and you end up in the same situation over and over and over again because we continue choosing poorly the wisdom of the world over the wisdom of god because it doesn't fit our intellect because it doesn't fit our feelings because it doesn't fit some other criteria that we have rather than just living submissively to the word and the will of almighty god now here's what i think i'm still on what i think okay i believe that if adam and eve were given a mulligan that they they would have done it all over again and done it differently you believe that I feel that I believe that there are plenty of times that you and I find ourselves in a mess and we never intended to walk in disobedience to God either but how many of you know that every day we are presented with ideas and concepts that we know might be displeasing to God but we know they seem oh so right to us reasonable wise in our perception of what wisdom is but let me tell you something church proverbs 14 delivers this powerful truth and it says there is a way that seems right there's a way that seems right to you and i but the end of that way is destruction the end of that way is death the end of that way is is carnage the end of that way is despair so what do i believe however i i believe that it's not the the word uh, doesn't say that the that the serpent tempted them with the idea of being wise in the degree that god was wise i don't think that's what appealed to them no while this was the appeal I don't even think they ate the fruit in in an attempt of becoming wise I think they ate the fruit because they already considered themselves wise you remember what Isaiah said you remember what Isaiah said Isaiah said what sorrow for those who are wise in their own eyes and think themselves clever you remember what solomon said solomon said don't be impressed with your own wisdom instead fear the lord and turn away from evil and i don't i don't think it was necessarily the idea or the thought of being wise in the magnitude that god's wise that appealed to them i think it's they went into that situation and as the serpent began to speak to them they considered their own selves wise and i think a lot of times you and i run into situations in this life and it's not that we just we just you know disregard god altogether but i think we approach those situations and we have those two sets of logic before us and we do consider ourselves wise and we like adam and eve step into the blunder over and over and over again because we cannot bring our own logic and our own will submissive to the revealed word of god and live in obedience to thus says the lord and over and over again we step in it don't blame adam don't point the finger at eve 
It's a trait that has run through human genealogies as far back as history goes. We've all been in that spot when somehow we didn't think the rules were going to apply to us. We, we know what God said, but we didn't feel like it was going to. We've, we've seen this play out so many times in the lives of others. How many of you have ever watched a situation unfold in somebody else's life and it ended tragically, but somehow or another you entered into the very exact same thing and you, were, you felt like going in that the rules weren't going to apply to you, that somehow or another you were going to be the exception? I mean, it's, it's innate to human nature. This, you know, this thing happened to this person doing that thing. Oh, it'll never happen to me. That, that would never happen to me. You know, I can do the drugs and quit whenever I want to. I, I, can, I can allow myself to enter those flirtatious exchanges, but I'll be able to cut it off before it goes too far. I can, I can slip a little something out of the till at work, but I'm not going to let it get out of hand. I, I won't be like the guy across town that got busted. I can, I can fool around in this area and I can do this thing. It's not going to happen to me because we've applied our own logic to it. And we've made somehow or another ourselves the exception to the rule that has been the same forever as long as mankind has existed ever since the fall in the garden. And somehow or another we think we're going to disregard the word of the Lord, walk according to our own wisdom, and somehow or another it's going to turn out different for us than it has for everybody else. God's just going to give us a pass and say, good job, you figured it out, you were smarter than me after all. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. You see, Adam and Eve, what they did was they exalted an understanding of how the world works from a philosophical, situational assessment that they felt transcended the wisdom that God had provided and now they and subsequently all of humanity have paid the consequence for it. And we do the same thing with our lives over and over and over again. And we live in desperation and we, thrive, we live in frustration and we're just caught in a rut and can't get out because we keep considering ourselves to be the exception to the rule over and over again. And we keep getting burned and we keep getting hurt. Why? Because we don't seek the wisdom of God. And it's terribly important that we do. I want to put Proverbs 14 back on the screen. Because it says this, there's a way that seems right to a man. But its end is the way of death. And as you and I are navigating the pathways of life, and our intent is to get better and to live fuller, more abundant, satisfying lives, we will not only need to seek God's wisdom, but we're going to need to learn how to discern the difference between the wisdom that God provides and the competing wisdom that comes from the world. And you and I will be presented with this conflicting wisdom every day of our lives. Each situation, you and I are going to be presented a choice. Will you choose the way that leads to fullness in life? Or will you choose the way that leads to death and destruction, frustration, endless concern and worry? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? Well, I want to help you distinguish here between the two because James in chapter 3 gives us some criteria that we can set against the wisdom that's provided for us and we thereby begin to understand what is from God and what is of the world. 
Okay, James chapter 3. Pick it up with me here in verse 13, and we're going to read together. And it says, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. Remember, wisdom, wisdom is a revealed understanding through action and decision. It's not a static thing. Wisdom's not a static thing. Knowledge is static. Wisdom is the active application of what you know. Okay? Who is wise among you and understanding among you, let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you, listen, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. In other words, that's not, that's not, the catalyst of true wisdom. The wisdom, that wisdom does not descend from above, but it's earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic. You realize when you and I chart the course of our lives in a self-seeking only to serve our interests and not to look out for the kingdom of God, you understand that's demonic. We, we thought it was something. I mean, it was like nominal Christianity. You know, I'm going to claim the name of Jesus, but I'm going to live however I want to. God's going to accept me from the rules. And somehow or another, all of that stuff, of, like Pastor Lisa talked about, living a holy life and everything, none of that's going to apply to me in the end. And I'm just going to show my Jesus card and that's, that's all going to be good. The, the walking according to that kind of wisdom Jude says that it's somebody that has taken the grace of God and turned it into a license for lasciviousness and lewdness and the, that, that is the way that seems right to a man that leads to destruction that leads to death and it's earthly it's sensual it's demonic. So go back to the Garden of Eden real quick. We're going we're gonna to follow this thing through. Go back to the Eden of Gar Garden of Eden real quick. And there we have the manifestation of the demonic in the form of the serpent. It's Lucifer himself there speaking, whispering a lie. And what's his appeal? What's his appeal? It's not, hey, baby, you want to revolt against God? No, 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 no. It's, hey, girl, let's lift you up a little bit. Let's exalt you some. God's keeping you down. Let's, let's raise you up. Let's elevate you just a little bit. And I want to tell you something. Day after day after day, you and I are faced with wisdom that says, hey, why don't you, why don't you just elevate yourself a little bit? Why don't you just... And, and, and James said, see, that's sensual. It's demonic because of the source, the, the lie. We see it coming straight out of Satan's mouth into the ear of Eve, and it's appealing to the sensuality. We always, we always pair sensuality and sexuality in the same thing, but that's not the, that's not the root meaning of sensuality. It's, a, it's an a, appeal to the senses, the human intellect. And he's there, and he's a, appealing to her that way that seems right to a man. He's appealing to that. And he's saying, come on, here, you, it's, it's earthly, it's sensual, it's demonic. 
for where envy and self-seeking exist confusion I mean you, you just run through things in life and you live confused and tore up mixed up because you don't understand why things keep turning out there it is confusion and every evil thing are there but the wisdom that is from above is first pure then it's peaceable it's gentle it's willing to yield it's full of mercy and good fruits without partiality can I say something in this generation right now that's so divided without partiality that means that the wisdom of God checks all the prejudices at the door and without hypocrisy that's it that's the distinguishing feature between the wisdom that comes from this world and the wisdom that comes from God God's wisdom is pure, it's peaceable, it's gentle, it's willing to yield, it's full of mercy, good fruits, and without partiality. And I can tell you there's nothing sensual about any of that. But it's a call to you and I to rise above carnality and walk in a different place that few people are willing to walk and experience things that few people ever will as we hear the voice of the Lord saying, hey, come up a little higher. You don't worry about exalting yourself. You worry about abasing yourself and I will exalt you. You humble yourself and in due season, I will lift you up. You walk after my wisdom. You don't worry about your own, but I'll take care of of it hmm. remember remember the definition of wisdom wisdom is the soundness of action or decision with regard to the application of experience knowledge and good judgment let me tell you this you can do some things that might show that you've got a little street credit you can do some things that might prove that you're educated you can make some decisions that prove you have some degree of savvy but I ask you, what is the motivating principle behind such wisdom? James says that it's born, if it's born of bitter envy, self-seeking and boasting, it's not of God. But the wisdom that comes from above is peaceable and it's pure. It's gentle, it's meek, it's kind. In other words, the wisdom that comes from God manifests the fruit of the Spirit of God. And can I tell you this? If you and I are going to walk in the wisdom of God, we're going to have to be willing not only to choose the wisdom of God, but we're going to have to, we're going to, have to opt for the wisdom of God to the chagrin of the world around us. And we're going to have to be okay to be different. We're going to have to be okay with being different. Because walking in the wisdom of God is not the cultural norm. But you know what Jesus has taught us? Pretty much his whole earthly ministry. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all these things will be added to you. Let me invite you to stand. We're going to ask another question Jesus also taught us this principle and said what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world 
and loses his soul. Listen, there, there'll be some times that you'll encounter situations in this life that will look so profitable to your natural man. It, it, it's, it seems that conventional wisdom would be just go for it. Just, but deep inside, though, you hear, the, you hear the whisper of the Holy Spirit that says, this is not for you, child of God. You'll perish spiritually. You'll suffer emotionally. Don't do it. And you're reminded of a verse. You're reminded of a passage of Scripture. You're reminded of a principle from the Word. And you know in that moment that it's not the wisdom of God for your life. I want to challenge you to be bold and be courageous in this generation to be able to live counterculturally and walk and stand in the wisdom of God. Because what will it prosper you if you have all the fun if you enjoy every indulgence if you have every luxury but you're perishing spiritually listen in seeking the wisdom of God the prosperity of your soul needs to be the priority prosperity prosperity in other places has been commanded to follow after this but the first thing that needs to prosper is on the inside of us as a matter of fact John wrote to the church and he said this and I'm closing beloved I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers and and I'm telling you church that so oftentimes we find ourselves in trouble because that that worldly wisdom is sensual and it appeals to the human need and it appeals to the human desire and it, it says hey God's just trying to keep something from you but if you just come on around here he's gonna give you a pass and you're gonna get this stuff and everything's gonna be fine and you're gonna die spiritually because there's a way that seems right to a man but the end of it is destruction it's death this is, a, this is an issue of faith, honestly. It's an issue of faith. And, you know, as I, as I look into this word and I consider the wisdom of God, I got to tell you, I've failed. Over and over and over and over again. There, there are so many. I'm, I'm like Adam and Eve. I just stand and look back and just say, hey, I, I could really use a mulligan there for sure. Let me, let me do that again. Can I, can I hit that? again try one more time because I didn't I didn't do that right but the wisdom of God will never hold charge against you the folly of yesterday to lead you to greater places today and tomorrow today is the start because here's the secret I know about some of you it's January 16th some of you made grand declarations 17 days ago. And you said, this year, I'm going to do it better. This year, I'm going to get it right. And already this year, you've blown it. You've messed up. You did not walk in perfection. Why? Because you cannot. And you certainly will not, being informed by your own intellect, and things that are appealing to your senses that way that seems right 
You need the impartation of godly wisdom. I know it sounds cliche, but you need to get into your word. If you're spending 30, 45 minutes a day listening to Dr. Phil, cut it off. In the name of Jesus, turn it off. If you're watching news cycles until you can almost quote verbatim what they said an hour and a half ago, cut it off. Turn it. All they can tell you is what's wrong. They're not going to tell you what's right. But this word will tell you what's right. Get in it. Meditate on it. Walk in it. Walk in the wisdom that God provides and it will be counter. There'll be times that the flesh will have to be sacrificed and you're going to have to say, God, I'm just going to commit to do it your way because I believe that your way is higher than my way. And I'm, I'm going to walk in it and I'm going to live by it. Next week, we're going to start talking about the source, the starting place of wisdom. That's going to be next. We've defined it. Now we're going to talk about where it starts. But it starts for you this week. Get in your word and purpose to do what it says and to live by it. Amen. And I believe that as we do that, everything, everything that our pastor Lisa just encouraged us with this morning, we're going to begin seeing come to pass. Because that is a cultivating of the ground. It's a breaking up of the fallow places of our heart to receive the seed of the Spirit to spring forth and do amazing things in our midst. But we won't have it abiding in disobedience. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It's not going to. But we've got to walk in the wisdom that God provides. Amen? Father, I love you. And I thank you, Lord, that even though I fall prey so many times to that wisdom that is earthly and sensual, and even that we can recognize and confess is often demonically inspired because it's counter to you and your word. Lord, I thank you that you don't throw that clay away. Maybe you crush it. Maybe you press it, but you're continually molding into a vessel of honor. Lord, I'm, I'm tired of learning lessons the hard way. I'm tired of wishing for the mulligan. Give me a sensitivity of spirit. Give me an awareness, Lord, of what you're doing in my life and how you're leading and how you're directing me and how your word applies that I would not live and abide in folly but that I would walk in wisdom that my soul would prosper and health and prosperity would follow thereafter and I would live victorious. God, that's my prayer not only for me, it's my prayer for this entire congregation, this entire body of people, those that are watching online. It's my prayer for them. And Father, we give you the glory, the praise, and the honor today because we know it's available for us. And we know that your ways are so much higher. And Lord, lead us to that higher place where we're walking above the things of this earth 
in a wisdom that is not of this world and we are living in victory we're abiding in the fullness of the abundant life that you give and we give you glory praise and honor for it and we ask it all in Jesus mighty name we hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today if you would like more information about Faith Assembly please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org thanks again for joining us and we hope you have a blessed day